I spent so much time making deck after deck after deck, right? I wish Canva had been around then, but I was on Keynote and on PowerPoint and then on Fiverr and paying people to do decks and then going through and redoing them myself. After all the time and emotional capital and tears that I spent raising that $800,000 that ultimately was to the detriment of the company, I could have just doubled and tripled down on revenue. Hello, fellow risk takers, and welcome to my worst investment ever. Stories of loss to keep you winning. In our community, we know that to win in investing, you must take risk, but to win big, you've got to reduce it. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm on a mission to help 1 million people reduce risk in their lives. To reduce risk in your life, go to myworstinvestmentever.com today and take the risk reduction assessment I created from the lessons I've learned from more than 500 guests, fellow risk takers. This is your worst podcast host, Andrew Stotts from A. Stotts Academy, and I'm here with featured guest, Corey Warfield. Corey, are you ready to join the mission? I'm ready to join the mission, but I'm probably not going to be the worst investment you've ever made. (laughs) Well, we're trying to make good investments in the future, but let me introduce you to the audience. Tech founder, LinkedIn influencer, metaverse architect, community builder, advisor and consultant to Web3 and blockchain projects, philanthropists, and lovers of dogs and cats, because I saw one behind your head. It's LinkedIn's beloved crypto guy, Corey Warfield. Corey, take a minute and tell us a bit about the value that you bring to this wonderful world. Well, first of all, thank you for that. And second of all, I think, you know, as an empath and someone that's worked my way kind of from the bottom to top from a couple industries and now starting several companies, I'd say that the value that I bring right now is I truly know how to listen. So that's my personal brand on social media is I listen. You know, I listened when I had tens of thousands and and listened when I have, you know, hundreds of thousands and millions of people listening. And I really just care to see other people succeed. So we're using Web3 technology to automate some of what I do to help more people that you know, the price that anyone can afford being free other than their time. And other than that, I just, I think putting myself out there in in places where people want to hear what I have to say and where I can respond to people that want to have dialogue is where I can, you know, at least hopefully add value in the world. Fantastic. And where is the best place for people who are interested in what you're doing, where they can follow you? Well, to follow me is probably LinkedIn. I post almost daily there. But people want to uh, get on my radar, I'd say it's anywhere but LinkedIn. I'm getting thousands of inbound messages and many thousands of engagements daily there. So I tend to miss quite a bit. You know, Mm -hmm. even my team, we can't pick up on everything that comes into us on LinkedIn, but on a Facebook, on a Twitter, on an Instagram, on, I mean, I'm, I'm on TikTok, I'm on Snapchat for crying out loud, right? Like, Anywhere other than LinkedIn is a great place for people to, you know, kind of see the real Corey and to connect on a, on a level where I might be able to respond back. Got it. All right. Well, now it's time to share your worst investment ever. And since no one goes into their worst investment thinking it will be, tell us a bit about the circumstances leading up to it and then tell us your story. Absolutely. And I guess I'll quickly say that there's a chance that the best investment I've made to date, which is LinkedIn, may end up being the worst investment ever because they've now started to change 
their terms and services and community policies. And I've now put about as the equivalent of a year's worth of hours into LinkedIn. And it's made me, thank God, seven figures of, of inbound revenue. But I might not be able to be there for long, being in the decentralized world and the Web3 and the blockchain world. So that may end up having been a shorter sighted investment than I ever thought. However, for the purposes of today's episode and in our conversation, I'd say the worst investment I ever made was as a first time founder trying to raise capital. And although we ultimately raised about $800,000, that was the demise of the company. And I spent so much time making deck after deck after deck, right? I wish Canva had been around then, but I was on Keynote and on PowerPoint and then on Fiverr and paying people to do decks and then going through and redoing them myself. After all the time and emotional capital and tears that I spent raising that $800,000 that ultimately was to the detriment of the company, I could have just doubled and tripled down on revenue. And we, we would have ultimately done that 800K as quickly. And we would have had all of the capital to scale the way that we could have and should have. So I'd say raising money has been the worst investment I've ever made. And I've bootstrapped every venture I've been part of ever since then. That is just so counterintuitive, Corey. I want to just break it down just briefly by asking the question about was it that you lost so much time in the process or was it that the money corrupted where you were going and whatever? What was it about that? Absolutely everything. So the you know hundreds of hours I spent in the raising capital could have been spent into more cold calls, outbound reach, building our social media earlier, right? That would have transitioned into a lot more nose and rejection, which is fine. You learn from those, but a lot more sales, a lot more involvement from people, be it customers, customer feedback, customer referrals, right? I mean, we started to see that as we were starting to raise the capital. So it was the time invested. It was the attention and intention that we were putting in, but also when the money came in, in my case, they hired a quote unquote real CEO. And they deprecated our quote unquote MVP, which was making revenue, right? We were making quite a bit of revenue with the product we launched, but they, they effectively scrapped it to spend a lot of money on an inferior product, right? So when we were bootstrapped and lean and mean, and we had to, you know, kind of keep going with what we had, we were in a much better situation. And once they brought in social media managers and, you know, financial directors and things of that nature, these are people that didn't come from the industry and hadn't lived the problem that we solved for and right, had different definitions of machine learning. And these things are really, you know, we were a tech company and, and to this date they still are, but they're nowhere near where they were probably prior to raising, you know, the close to million dollar round. Mm, interesting. Fascinating. I thinking about two different episodes that I've had in the past. One was with a guy named Sampat. He was the episode 192. And another one was with a great author, Weldon Long. And he wrote a book about consistency selling. He was episode 412. And it's talking about, you know, in these episodes and what I'm hearing from you too, is the idea is that, you know, ultimately sales is where you want to be focused getting the customer, 
generating the profit from that and getting yourself higher, you know, I guess we call it bootstrapping, but the idea being that, hey, it's about trying to generate revenue more than just raising capital to run a business. So that's a valuable lesson. How would you describe in, you know, very short words, the lesson that you learned? Well, I think, you know, even 10, 15 years ago, it was almost, you know, flashy, attractive, seductive to raise capital. I think anymore, the best investment that especially early stage company can get is revenue. I think customers putting their money where you've postulated a solution needs to exist and where you've put some capital and some resources and some thought into that's the validation where then investors throw money at you. But I'd say from my, you know, now years being in this world and helping, you know, a number of successful companies scale, it's even more important to build community. Because if you build community around whatever the idea and the company and the concept is, you can monetize that community. And you can figure out exactly what it is that they want and need that you can offer them for less than you could ever charge or that you can give them more value, in other words, than they could ever pay you for. And at that point, it becomes really, you know, did you grow a community of 1,000, 10,000 or a million people? Is what you're giving them valuable enough for them to give you a dollar, $10 or $100? Is it once ever or is it every single month? Mm. Right. And you can build real communities of real value that make real money. And I think from there, that's an investor's dream. You've got a hundred thousand people that pay a hundred dollars a month. Yep. Right? How can I get 10% of that? Exactly. Oh, I can't. How can I get 1% of that? Right. How can I get it on some distributions? How can I join your advisory board? And I mm. think it's very contrary to the way a lot of people look at building their business. And you know, for me at this point, now that that's become part of my roadmap and blueprint and BMC, it's been very powerful. Yeah, I guess the big takeaway is that you make me feel like I've done a good job in our coffee business. My best friend Dale and I in Coffee Works, basically we set that up in 1995 and we were 50-50 at the time. We have diluted ourselves to 40-40. We do have some other investors, but we never... We're searching for that capital. And in the end, we didn't grow as big as we possibly could have, but we also didn't crash because of all kinds of conflicts. And we have a great relationship between he and I that has lasted almost three decades now. And all of that cash flow is ours. And we don't have people telling us. So I think that's a lot of great lessons in there. So for that person, out there right now, who's about to raise capital for their company and they're on that track, what's the one piece of advice that you would give them? Well, it's interesting, but proven to be very true. If you are pursuing investment capital, treat investors like you don't have time for them. Be late to meetings. Don't show up to meetings. Don't be apologetic. There's not They've never seen that. They're used to being placated and having their butts kissed and people there early. And just act like they're no big deal. Psychologically, it makes them start to bid on you in their own mind. And it makes them want that deal. And I've now helped raise over $10 million during COVID. And every single deal, I've had my founders or my team going with that philosophy. And it's been 
interesting to say the least <laughs> to that's, see what that what that approach does. That's great advice. It's almost like you're saying, guys, this is your opportunity to get on the train and the train's leaving. If you're not interested, I'm going to the next. Yeah. Yep. And the, the other one, and this has probably been said on your 500 plus episodes, but if you ask for money, you get advice. But if you ask for advice, you get money, yeah. right? That, that's another big one. All right. What's your number one goal for the next 12 months? Well, we're building a, a metaverse for professionals to kind of stack on top of LinkedIn at Corey Connects. And we're helping a number of other people, including some of the world's biggest YouTube stars, launch their own metaverses. And Web3 is all about interoperability and, and connecting everything in this emerging metaverse. So my goal is to help as many people get into the metaverse as possible, help them create their own meta worlds, their own communities and other metaverses and environments, and just to help people embrace this new world that's happening in real time. Fantastic. And listeners, you guys can go to coreyconnects.com to check it out. I'm looking at it right there. And also, I'll have links to all of the stuff that we've talked about in the show notes. All right, listeners, there you have it. Another story of loss to keep you winning. If you haven't yet taken the risk reduction assessment, I challenge you to go to myworstinvestmentever.com right now and start building wealth the easy way by reducing risk. As we conclude, Corey, I want to thank you again for joining our mission. And on behalf of A. Stotts Academy, I hereby award you alumni status for turning your worst investment ever into your best teaching moment. Do you have any parting words for the audience? Man, I'd say anybody listening to this show is already on the right track. So just thanks for listening. Thanks for having me. And anybody that's considering whether or not they should go for it, I think the answer is always very simple. Go for it. Wow. And that's a wrap on another great story to help us create, grow, and protect our wealth. Fellow risk takers, let's celebrate. Today, we added one more person to our mission to help 1 million people reduce risk in their lives. This is your worst podcast host, Andrew Stott, saying, I'll see you on the upside.